Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Back Markers podcast. It's car launch season still, part two from its car launch season two weeks ago in episode three. And always remember that the Back Markers podcast is your one-stop shop for all things F1 every two weeks. But yeah, we've had six car launches over the past two weeks with Alpine, Haas, Ferrari, Aston Martin, Mercedes and Williams all being revealed and don't worry, I'll get into my opinions on all those liveries, some disgusting, some looking like hairspray cans, you know who you are, and what the teams have been developing on their cars, if that information is available, over the course of the off-season. Now, this podcast is available on all platforms, and shout out to Spotify, Google Podcasts and Anchor FM. I think those are the main three that would get any traction on them. So if you want to share this podcast with your friends, obviously, it's the Backmarkers podcast. And yeah, let's get into it. Episode number four of the Backmarkers podcast. Now let's get into episode number four and we are starting off with the most recent of the car reveals actually happening yesterday on Wednesday the 10th of March and that is Ferrari. Now what was to be expected with this Ferrari livery was nothing much to change obviously as it is Ferrari and Ferrari liveries are known for just being red but the obvious and I'm going to say hideous addition to the lovely Ferrari red is the addition of the green Mission Winnow logo on the engine cover, which I think completely ruins this livery. It's the only bad part if you think about it. I think the burgundy going into the red on the car looks very, very nice, but who on earth made the decision to put a green logo on a red Ferrari car. I get the Italian flag has a green, white and red thing to it, but it's not this green that the Mission Winnow logo is. Now, Mission Winnow, obviously, bit of a controversial sponsor for those of you who don't know, as they are actually owned by Philip Morris International which also happens to be the company that owns Marlboro Cigarettes. And as you all know, cigarette sponsors are banned on all cars. Although, Mission Winnow somehow getting away with it. Maybe because the latest F1 president is a Ferrari guy, but who knows. There's also a tobacco sponsor, or fake tobacco sponsor, I should say, on the McLaren car, in A Better Tomorrow, they're owned by another tobacco company called ABT. And A Better Tomorrow is obviously those three letters. Now, moving on from the livery, which, other than the green sick that is on the top, is a good livery. I'll give it that. I would give it a 7 out of 10. The minus three points are for that green. It just doesn't suit it at all. But Bonotto has come out and said that... The SF21 has improved in all areas from last season, which, when you come to think about it, isn't really saying much considering 
that the SF1000 was the worst Ferrari car in 40 years. They finished sixth in the Constructors' Championships. I think there's nothing much else to say about it. And I'm a Ferrari guy. I love Ferrari because of Charles. I think I've made that abundantly clear in the past couple of episodes. But last season really, really was poor. Now, I am looking forward to Drive to Survive, just to see behind the scenes. I've seen the trailer where Vettel's like, I'm not here next year, so I can say whatever I want. So it should be, should be to get, should be good to get some juicy gossip from behind the scenes when it comes out next week. Actually, next Friday is when Drive to Survive season three starts. Anyway, I've gone on two tangents since the start of this, so I'll get back to what is important, which is the car itself. Now, Ferrari have taken their two-token spend in improving the back end of the car. Obviously, they've already repackaged the engine and made it better, we hope, but their two-token spend has gone on the rear end, as I just said, to try and help where the car was lacking last season. So, in addition to that, they've obviously got the new engine unit, as I just said, and they have 2021 revisions to the barge boards and the side pod shapes as a reaction to the floor reduction uh, I mentioned in episode 3 when I was talking about the McLaren. Now, they've kept the wide nose at the front, which I know many people do not like because the thin nose looks more sleeker, it looks better, and the Ferrari wide nose, the Haas wide nose, and the Alfa Romeo wide nose, just they just don't look good, do they? But they have been able to, without spending one of their two development tokens, they've been able to tweak the front of that nose, making it more sculpted to help with the airflow due to that lost downforce. And that the reprofiling of these sections of the car are obviously to regain the downforce lost through the new aerodynamic regulations. And this is what Enrico Gualtieri has said in his recent interviews. So when we move on to whether Ferrari will be a contender or not, I think I predicted them to finish fourth in the Constructors' titles behind Mercedes, Red Bull, obviously, and McLaren with the new Mercedes engine. And it will will be good to see what actually happens in testing, which is tomorrow as of recording this, Friday the 12th of March. Watch it if you aren't planning on doing so. By the time this comes out, the testing would have already started to commence. Now, testing really isn't a idea of what the season's going to look like. Williams could be fastest in testing, but it doesn't mean they're going to be quickest on the track when it comes to lights out in Bahrain. But again, as I just said, it would be it would be interesting to see where Ferrari lie on that scale because they need to improve on last season. As in, like it's it's a desperate need to improve from last season. Now, with science coming in, I definitely think they'll improve. But to what extent? I'd only think to fourth. So just to get some quotes from the team itself, uh, Bonotto saying that due to the new regulations and obviously the regulation change freeze for 2022, 
this car is essentially born out of last year's SF1000, which you can argue isn't probably the best mother to this new child, if you think of it like that. And so they've gone with the Burgundy just to go with a bit of heritage compared to their 1000th Grand Prix livery at Mugello, which I really liked that livery, despite the giant yellow 1000 at the back. And yeah, we also have a quote from Enrico Cardile saying that the aerodynamics have obviously undergone a radical revision from last year, meaning that downforce will be lost as a result. And the two tokens at the rear end have actually been spent on transmission and rear suspension where the car was really, really lacking last season. But the interesting thing to see as well is that Bonotto is saying that they've recovered a lot of straight line speed with this new SF1000. Now, one could argue that this loss in straight line speed is down to the agreement made between Ferrari and the F1s and the F1 and and F1s governing body, the FIA, after an investigation was launched into the team's engine in the twenty after the twenty nineteen season, meaning, I think it was some fuel injection systems that were making the car go faster than it actually was supposed to. And it's always been the case that Ferrari engines have been, well, not Ferrari engines, Ferrari cars have been faster on the straights than Mercedes. But Mercedes have been always faster in the corners, faster in all the intermediate sections. But on in terms of straight line speed, Ferrari have always, always been the quickest. But with the data saying that they've recovered quite a lot of speed in the straights, it might mean that next season at circuits such as Monza, at Spa, where you've got the long sweeping straights, maybe at Suzuka, they go to Japan this season, I hope they do, I love Suzuka, what track, that they will effectively, hopefully, contend for a, a race win for the first time in over a year. Bonotto is also saying that the disappointments of 2020 cannot be repeated, and if they were, I do believe that Bonotto would have his position as team principal questioned as if you deliver two back-to-back -back seasons of poor results for Ferrari I do think that it'll be in a kind of a Real Madrid situation or a Barcelona situation where if you're not performing instantly you are hefty getting the hefty sack but yes with Charles with Carlos at the wheel of this new SF21 with hopefully recovered speed, a brand new rear end and a brand new engine, which is the most important part. Hopefully they can get back to challenging Mercedes and Red Bull in the top three of the grid, which is something we'd all like to see. More competitiveness in the sport is always a good thing. And now we move on to the cars that will close out the midfield and then Alpine and Aston Martin now with Alpine they have by far released the best livery on the grid I think the blue the red and the white really goes well together especially with that satin glossy finish on the 
well, on most of the Alpine car, it's definitely my favourite livery on the grid this season. It's just a shame that it will be in the midfield, which is quite sad. But anyway, back to the point. The Alpine, new Alpine car, they have decided to spend their two tokens on the rear end, much like Ferrari. But unfortunately, for me in particular, they haven't actually said much about what they've spent their tokens on. Meaning there's not really much to talk about that I haven't already mentioned. Like Ocon improving, think he might beat Alonso, Alonso's track rust. Especially with that bike accident, who knows, even though he says he's fitter than ever to perform. But we shall see. But now, moving on quickly to Aston Martin. I'm sorry that Alpine section was a bit short. It's just not really much to talk about considering their team. Oh, I forgot. Other than Abitable obviously leaving Alpine with their management shake-up, it'd be, in, be good to see what changes that makes, as I quite liked Abitable as a person, just from what I've seen on Drive to Survive. quite liked how he bantered Christian Horner about Ricardo signing for them, which, in hindsight, did that partnership bear as many fruits as you would have expected it to. I would say no, up until the point where they actually started getting some podiums last season. But at the same time, when Ricardo signed for Renault, it was seen as like a statement signing. It would have been as if Man United had signed Jadon Sancho in the summer. It's a statement signing for the team. It's as if to say, right, we're kicking on from this level to reach the next level, back to where we were in 2005 and 2006. And, yeah, only until last season did that partnership really seem to bear any fruits with a few podiums and hopefully Cyril keeps his promise and gets gets that tattoo. But swiftly moving on to the other midfield challenger this season, and it's a team that everyone who I know, who I talked about F1 knows that I don't particularly like very much because of the nepotism, but we move. It's Aston Martin. Now, the livery itself is okay. The colours could have been improved a bit, especially with the type of green that was on there. So you've got this glossy racing green with the pinky trim on it. Now, that in itself looks okay, but if you just imagine that, but in matte racing green, rather than the gloss, I think it would look much, much nicer than it already does giving it probably about 6.5 out of 10 if I was to get, rate it out of 10. But they have got the most evolved car in terms of looks than last season, with most of the car getting a cosmetic rehaul, especially that front nose that looks quite different, and the side pods as well. So because of a loophole, which is classic racing point, our Aston Martin if you ask me, they have been allowed to take the Mercedes 2020 suspension, rear suspension that is, not front suspension, and put it on this car simply because they used Mercedes's Mercedes's 2019 spec from last season. So this has allowed them to actually optimise the chassis to the new revised 2021 aero regulations. And as a result, the side pods and the side impact structure looks 
a lot slimmer than last year's car. So because of them being able to take over the Mercedes rear suspension from last season, hopefully they're hoping that the suspension regains the downforce that are lost by the new aero regulations as all the teams are trying to do. And yeah, Aston Martin, will they do well this season? I think I, I predicted them to finish fifth in the Constructors' Championship, so bang smack in the middle. But I think they will do okay. I know they'll want to improve on last season, but as I've just said, that Ferrari seemed to be really, really gunning to get back up to where they were. And with Ferrari essentially overhauling most of their car with the engine and the rear end and everything, it remains to be seen that if Ferrari can do it. I personally believe they can, especially with a driver like Charles and Carlos at the wheel. I think they can get a good grip with that car and hopefully go back to challenging, which means Aston Martin, who we all know should have finished third last season, it was just just reliance issues really and Stroll's inconsistencies, Lameo, that cost them actually. But yeah, still think McLaren and... Ferrari will finish above them when this season is finished. It's quite funny, even because we, me and my friend Mike, we were sat at the library the other day chatting about F1 and we were showing all the cars and that to someone who doesn't actually watch F1, who's no interest in it, and we were watching F1 crash compilations and we told them the story about what happened at Racing Point last season, how they copied the car of Mercedes, well, copied some parts of Mercedes and that they sacked Perez even though he finished fourth after missing even after missing two races because of COVID simply because Stroll's dad owns the team and they were completely shocked but we were just like it's no surprise because money talks in F1 really does it will Stroll prove me wrong this season I know he's got loads and loads of critics will he prove people wrong finally and improve no no, he won't. I don't think so. Not until he sorts himself out, basically. But I will try and keep my anti-stroll opinions to myself, as I will try to remain not impartial, but less biased than I sometimes come across. But yes, now we move on to the other two teams that revealed their cars as well, which was Haas... Mother Russia and Williams. Now we're starting off with Haas with the livery and the livery for Haas I really really like despite it literally being a gigantic Russian flag plastered on the side of the car. It's kind of ironic really when you're an all-American team, you're the only American team in F1 but you've got a gigantic Russian flag on the side of your car which was probably just a bit embarrassing, but at the same time, Haas desperately need the cash. And Mazepin's dad was all too willing to provide as long as Mazepin got the seat. Now, in terms of their two token spend, Haas haven't spent any of it at all, simply because they want to carry them on to next season. 2022 so this season is essentially already a write-off for Haas which 
further reinforces my opinion that Haas will finish bottom of the constructors' titles this year. With Gene Haas potentially trying to get out of F1, they do need all the cash they can get, and I wonder if Mazepin's dad will take over the team if Gene Haas decides to quit. And Gunter Steiner has said that they didn't use any development tokens this year. I wouldn't say it's a holding season, more of a transitional season. So again, further further reinforcing the opinion that this season's going to be business as usual for Haas, languishing at the bottom of the grid. Hopefully, Mick Schumacher can pull out a result for them, maybe get a few points. I think he will get a few points personally. But yeah, thank God, by the way, thank the Lord that Rich Energy did not make another appearance during these car reveals. I mean, after after William Stoney, or whatever his name is, put that video out on Twitter, I think the entire F1 community was like, oh my God, where does this go from here? But he's a bit of a madman, really, and nothing really has come of it. Thank God. But moving on to Williams, who whose livery is divided opinion actually it's divided opinion to a massive extent some people think that it looks like it's drawn like a child but i actually really really like it which is quite a surprise really considering out of all the people that i've spoken to about the livery neither of them have liked it neither of them have liked it none of them even have liked it but they've spent they already spent one of their tokens in 2020 and their team principal, Simon Roberts, is saying that they're not going to divulge where they spent the other token. But there wasn't enough in that one token to get into any development of the nose or into the development of any of the structures. So, again, not much really to report on Williams as they haven't actually said much. Kind of like Alpine. But will Williams get off the bottom of the grid? Yes, is the short answer, simply because of George Russell and how good George Russell is. But for however good George Russell is, Nicholas Latifi is just as bad. Now Latifi, I think, will improve. It's his third season in F1, if I'm not mistaken. One of you wants to correct me on that, then be my guest. But after three at the start of your third season, you're looking for some improvement. I feel as if Williams start to get back to the mid midfield status where they really should be, considering the history of the team and that. Then Latifi's got to really, really improve. But will he? Big question, isn't it? Really. And if Latifi doesn't improve this season, I do believe it is time for him to just go. But I don't think he'll go simply because of the Safino Latifi money that everybody loves. Now, moving on to, I believe, the final car that was revealed. I'm just going to quickly check to see if I've spoken about them on this one or the last one. Now uh, we've got McLaren, Aston Martin. Yep, yep, yep. And the last car that I haven't spoke about is... The Mercedes W12. Now, 
take the AMG, 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 AMG off the back of the car, and I believe that this is a really, really decent livery. I said that they should keep the black rather than going back to the silver, but the AMG, AMG, AMG just doesn't work. Maybe if it was blacked out with the white logos and the red on it, it would look okay, but it just just something about it looks off if that makes sense but anyway mercedes this car is winning the championship isn't it we all know it before the season even starts this car is winning the 2021 championship so again they've they've chosen to not reveal any of the changes to their cars despite having some reprofiled side pods, bulge in the engine cover, probably to aid the engine changes. But again, nothing coming out of Mercedes in terms of what they've developed from last season. Now we all know that everyone is trying to fo have one eye focused on 2022, but you've still got to win stuff in 2021. And yeah, who knows what all this Mercedes car will do. Again, I think it will win the title. I do think so. But where Mercedes haven't revealed much of their car in terms of development, they have. There's a story that has come out of Mercedes of Bottas doing a Rosberg. So this is Bottas's fourth season in F1. No, it's not. Not his fourth season in F1. It's his fifth season at Mercedes is what I meant to say. And as we've I've previously spoken about, both all three of Hamilton, Bottas and Russell are all on one year deals until their deals expire in at the end of the season. So it really is a make or break situation for Bottas and doing a Rosberg would probably be a very, very good idea for him. Essentially doing a Rosberg is just being a bit more selfish rather than giving a, giving a crap about the team. Just think for yourself, you know what I mean? But the team cares more about Hamilton, as we saw in races last season where Bottas said, yep, I want to have the opposite of what Hamilton's having to try and beat him. But Mercedes were like, nah fam, you're good. Stick on the hard tyres, even though you want the softs. Now, hopefully with him becoming a bit more selfish and shedding off any distractions, he may ch he may challenge for the title, because other than Max, he might challenge, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's just going to be business as usual for Mercedes and Bottas, and Max is going to beat him to P2, which will inevitably cause Bottas to move down to Mercedes. Down to Mercedes? down to a different team and Russell will come and take his place unless Hamilton goes off to be a fashion designer in that case Bottas will probably stay and Max Verstappen there's a rumour that he might go to Mercedes at some point in his career but yeah interesting times in the form of F1 we've got a really really good lineup of drivers this season we've got teams developing all over the shop Hopefully Ferrari comes back 
and yeah comes back stronger even and i hope you've enjoyed this little breakdown of all 10 teams across these past two podcasts it's been nice to actually look into what goes behind the car rather than just going oh yeah it looks nice oh yeah that looks cool i've used the opportunity of doing this podcast to try and enhance my technical knowledge i know i'm i'm never going to claim to be a technical expert but again it's quite nice to see to learn a bit more about f1 cars and what actually goes behind them rather than just oh that one's faster than that one now moving on to the final topic of this podcast and that is the testing that will be occurring tomorrow saturday and sunday in bahrain which i'm hella excited for now i'm going to be at work tomorrow which well i would have already finished work by the time this podcast came comes out but i'm going to be at work so i'm actually going to miss watching it live but if i can convince my girlfriend i'll probably be able probably watch it on the saturday and probably the Sunday. But testing always provides a look at what the season's going to shape out like, who's going to finish where, what's going to happen. Will it though this season? Probably. It probably will. But it's not always a true moniker of what's going to happen. But again, good to see f1 cars back on the track teams with new drivers new constructors we've got alpine and aston martin coming into the sport aston martin for the first time in 61 years we've got vettel moving to aston martin be good to see what he can do in that car will he top the leaderboards will he become top will he come top five even maybe who knows fernando's back after a two-year hiatus Back at Renault, well, Alpine, but he'll be looking for a bit of success. Perez at Red Bull. And then the rookies on the grid being Yuki Tsunoda, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. So, yeah, at the end of this weekend, it's going to be a really, really interesting looking to see what is going on. And... As the F1 season starts to ramp up, this podcast is only going to ramp up as well. So I will get a podcast out next week, hopefully with my friend John, who's also a big F1 fan, on the testing that's happened and what's going on. On the Friday, we'll have Drive to Survive Season 3. I'll watch a few episodes. I'll probably get halfway through the season, do a podcast, watch the other half, do another podcast, probably in successive weeks. And the week after that, we actually have lights out in Bahrain for round one of the F1 2021 season that I've been looking forward to ever since Abu Dhabi finished. But yeah, it's going to be a good couple of weeks for the Black Markers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things F1 every two weeks usually, but probably be every week now until, until the racing stops then it will go back to two weeks again. But yeah, anyway, thank you for listening to episode number four of the Backmarkers podcast. 
please share with your F1 loving, liking friends. That was a very weird sentence. But yeah, please share with your friends. Leave a review if you can on any platform that this is on. It's always good to hear some feedback on where I can improve more stuff that I can talk about, etc., etc. And whether you want maybe a co-host to come on and try and do this with me, if you're fed up with my voice, but we move. And yeah, share it. It's going to be available on all platforms, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, I think as well. And follow me on Twitter at ellisspearman22. And yeah, you can look at my tweets about how badly Harry Maguire is playing for Manchester United or my F1 opinions. So yeah, thank you very much for listening to the Backmarkers podcast and I'll see you all next time.